Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. I think that Bill overestimated his ability and the way this collaboration would work. I think he overestimated Joe Judge and Matt Patricia's acumen and the ease with which they'd move to the offensive side of the ball. I think he overestimated how easily Mac would transition. I think he totally underestimated not only what Josh McDaniels brought to the team and the franchise on a day-to-day, day-in and day-out basis in organizing that offense and leading that group and innovating, but he also underestimated the rest of the NFL. That's Tom Curran. Uh, He was on our sister station, WEEI, talking about Bill Belichick. Um, underestimating the NFL, maybe overestimating Matt Patricia, Josh McDaniels. This whole thing is Peter Principle everywhere, and it's it's ripple affecting the league because Derek What's Carr the, is now benched with the Raiders. Like it's it's infected multiple franchises. What's the Peter Principle? The Peter Principle is the theory that most people get promoted to their level of incompetence. Is that most people ultimately get promoted one level higher than their competence would dictate they should get promoted? Really to. good at doing what you're doing. Yep. So let's try you one higher, and then you don't want to demote somebody uh, just because you made a bad decision on promoting them. Yeah. That's a tough one. That's a, and uh, the offensive coordinator to head coach is the ultimate one there. Absolutely. Ask Josh uh, McDaniels. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's right? right. It's nice. The, night, the best, like the Dick LeBeau is the guy you want. The defensive coordinator that was a head coach isn't going to get another chance at being a head coach and seems to be just absolutely fine being a coordinator. That's why, by the way, uh, not to get too far off track, but Sean Payton already tabbing Vic Fangio as his defensive coordinator yeah. is that's a smart thing to do. Absolutely, like, you can you can have ten years and Vic's not probably going to get another head coaching job. Yep, you know, and uh, that that's why older coordinators are. Uh, the older coordinators are a okay with me. Well, and if anything, I'm, I'm, give me a lemon party of coordinators. Yes. <laughs> if anything, if anything, um, not to again go too far down the Sean Payton path. That got me. You know, if I were somebody looking at Sean Payton, that would get me more excited that he's tied to Vic Fangio as his DC. Vic Fangio, as you know, you played for him, Seth. He's a really good yeah. defensive coordinator. Back to that audio we just played. Why are we playing that? Why are we playing Patriot audio in Houston at seven o'clock on a holiday week? Because I think it's a fair question to wonder about the Patriot way and the arrogance that Belichick shows. Are we nervous? Are we nervous, especially since this franchise might be on the cusp of hiring a head coach again, um, restructuring the staff again, drafting a quarterback? Are we nervous about what the how much the Patriot way may have infected or affected or will affect the Texans moving forward? I... Uh... I've kind of tried to monitor Nick Casario for that, and I do think that 
Casario understands the pitfalls of a lot of the people that have left the the Patriots. I think I think he's mon- he's watched this. Um, the the people on the executive side of things, I think, have tended to do better than the guys on the coaching side. Oh yeah, and I think a lot of that just has to do with the kind of guys that Bill Belichick hires. Both as coaches and personnel people, they're a certain kind of guy. He likes guys from small colleges who have like a scrappy underdog mentality, but who are super bright, and he doesn't seem to place a high priority on personal skills. That's that does, that last part doesn't matter at all. Well, it, it matters at all, but it doesn't matter as much when it comes to your GM. In a lot of ways, uh, you almost you know you want your GM to be a little detached from the human side of things. So, you know, without you know without taking it to an extreme degree. Um, on the coaching side of things, it matters. It really, really matters. And I, and I think that the part that I hope Casario gets and understands, and this is just what I would say based on talking for years to guys that played for the Patriots who have been the organization, there was a, a kernel of brilliance of 20% of the organization of the Patriots that was just outstanding. Whether It's Belichick, it's Brady, and then it's more than just that. It's a lot of the really, really smart people. But because they were so good with that 20% brilliance, they got away with being super dysfunctional. Like, I am saying messed up, petty, hyper-competitive, sniping at each other, like all this stuff, messed up behind the scenes. That 80%, like, it was just messed up. And it didn't matter because they were so brilliant with the 20%. The problem is these guys leave the organization and they think they need to emulate the whole 100%. And what's the easiest to emulate? The 80% that's really screwed up. Yep. Hey, I can nail that. I can get the 80%. The hard part to emulate is that 20% because some of that's just innate and inborn. Um, so that's the. I think that's what happens with a lot of these guys, whether it's Bill O'Brien or Matt Patricia or Josh McDaniels or any of these coaches who, you know, and O'Brien did re- very relatively well compared to those guys. Um, they just, they try to emulate everything and they, they think a lot of that, that super nasty side, um, almost like, like that inhuman side, they think that's one of the reasons for the Patriots success where I always felt like that's just something they kind of got away with. Yeah. That was like, there's a way to, there's a way to be driven and competitive without being as, as just cold blooded as the Patriots have been. And I, I think that was more of just a either a byproduct or just something they got away with that more so than a reason for their success. Yeah, I don't, I mean, look, you and I aren't behind the scenes over there watching how things operate on a daily basis. I Probably the most Patriot thing that Nick Casario does is bringing in actual former Patriots to, to come play important roles on the roster. Like, I don't know that I've seen anything that makes me, other, you pointed out, the near hiring of Josh McCown, that might have been more of an Easterby thing than a Casario thing, though. Right, right. You know? and, and, I mean, that's just the huge question is exactly where did that come from? Was that a place of – if you look at the Patriots right now, like the, the Patriots, if you think about emulating the Patriots' way, I feel like Belichick thought he was emulating the Belichickian way or whatever it is, and part of that is that arrogance of thinking that, like, that the system is so beautiful and pure that you can just plug in a Ryan Mallett or plug in a Brian Hoyer or plug in a Jared Stidham or just anybody who's ever sniffed the jock of Bill Belichick will be able to run this system, and that's what matters. Um, yeah, that's what I worry about if, if you think that whatever system you're creating is going to make a Josh McCown or a David Culley 
a great coach. Yep. Like uh, that's that's that that worries me. That makes me nervous. All right, Payne and Pendergast with you on a Thursday. All right, Seth, it's the end of the year, so I. I wrote, uh, each year for the Houston Press, I do a post on the five biggest Houston sports stories of the year. So I figured I would bring that onto the show here, and um, we can poke holes in it, or you can uh, back me up on these things, but uh, I've got my personal list here. If you're in your car, you're listening on the Odyssey app, play along with us, shall you? Um, I've got a few honorable mentions that did not make the cut for the five biggest stories. I'll just rapid fire these at you and see if you're surprised they didn't make the cut. Um, JJ Watch... Okay, they didn't make the cut. They didn't gotcha. make the cut. These are honorable okay. mention. Yeah, I got five that were honorable mention. J.J. Okay. Watt's retirement this week. Um, Justin Verlander's comeback and subsequent Cy Young Award. Hmm. James Click getting fired slash Jim Crane becoming the de facto GM of the Astros. That was a pretty big story. Uh, the Rockets getting swerved on Paolo Boncaro at the last minute. Oh, yeah. Got to mix the Rockets in there a little bit. And then Brandon Cooks going AWOL on the Texans. I feel like we got some of my barometer is how much mileage, like part of it is how much mileage did we get out of this, along with a sprinkling of, okay, what did this mean to the city in the big picture? Um, Those are honorable mentions. I'm going to have to see what your, like obviously what your five are. Uh, five are. Yep. I'm surprised. The water retirement is so new and fresh, it almost feels more like a 2023 story. Yeah. And, and I would just say based on even just, Reaction I've gotten from people, it's, you know, he's not a current Houston athlete. I think a lot of people expected him. He'd probably retire sometime in the next couple of years. So I, that hasn't necessarily been maybe the bombshell that I would have expected or others might have expected. So I would say that's a, that makes sense. Brandon Cook's going AWOL. Yeah, if the Texans were better, that would have been a gigantic story, no doubt. obviously. Yep. But, um, Okay, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll 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 reserve judgment okay, before right. I call you a moron for leaving the Verlander <laughs> Here are story the five. I fully expect to be called a yeah. moron, uh, if not by you, by the text page. Number five, Houston getting the World Cup. Not something we talked about a ton here before or after, but that is a massive story for the city. It's a massive story. Am I being sister? hipster by including a soccer story in my top five? I think you're being a little bit guy who brags on social media about going to drink beer at 8 a.m. to watch the EPL. Maybe yeah. so. I think you're a little yeah. bit. I think you're a little bit on uh, on Spirit Friday in high school. You're you're wearing your EPL jersey in just to show you know be. instead of instead of the high school football jersey. <laughs> yeah. You're right. You know you're yeah. right. Back of, uh, 30 years ago, you would have been the guy that only reads foreign newspapers, okay? Because uh, I feel like I get a more unbiased approach to yep, the, yeah. Yep. Um, part of it may be my affection for Chris Kennedy as well, who spearheaded those efforts. Uh, yeah, I, I know, like and I think lot. it is a big story. I just wonder, like, okay, depending on how you're judging how big a story is, I would guess the clicks on Verlander winning the Cy Young yeah. or James Click getting fired – uh, is probably greater than that's why yeah. it, it, that's a, that's I agree with you. That's why I caveated that uh, part of it is that, but part of it is the impact on the city and so it, forth. It is a very, very, very big thing. Yeah, like both, uh, like physically as well. It's going to be a big deal. It'll There's feel a, bigger be, when yeah. it's here, right? Yes, that's what it. Yeah, kind of like with JJ Watt's retirement. Almost, it's not a. It's not necessarily a tangible event. Until it's an event, okay. so it's all. It's a. It's a teaser more than an event. Okay, number four. Okay. Lovey Smith hired to replace David Cully. And and I'll wrap this whole thing up in one big story with Cully getting fired after one year, the potential for getting Josh McCown here as head coach, getting scuttled at the last minute by the Brian Flores lawsuit. 
and yeah. Lovey Smith coming out of nowhere to become the head coach of the Texans. Yeah, I would say that that's accurate. I know, you know, I mean, there's something about the Texans over the last couple of years that's kind of made me miss the days of February and March being somewhat tough in the ratings. Um, that's uh, it's uh, I, I don't like there being that much drama surrounding this kind of stuff. But that was a lot of that was a lot of high drama as the team itself was announcing Josh McCown as one of the finalists for the head coaching job. Yeah. It seemed like we were right on the brink. It seemed like a movie where we were we were being led to the hangman's Dude. noose, and at the last moment we got a reprieve. And uh, but still, we weren't exactly sure like what the reprieve was. A reprieve was that everybody now wants fired. <laughs> Am I being like? Well, it was more like a, I'm not getting executed, but I'm getting transferred to Siberia. Right, it, it right. Felt like one of those things. Right, yeah. right, right. And now. Late in the season, we may be getting put on a flight home. Who knows? <laughs> Lovey start team's starting to look fairly decent here at the end of the year. Number three, Jack Easterby fired. Jack Easterby fired from his EVP of football ops position. I'm gonna say that I'm gonna say that was a big story only because in the afternoon of that day, I decided like, yeah, you know what? I've been meaning to start a YouTube channel for a while. I'm just gonna go ahead and get on and like do a video, a live stream yes. about Jack Easterby. And I got several thousand views, and I was like, this, this YouTube stuff's easy. Yeah. Like, uh, like, uh, it's just you just press you press uh, go, and, like, thousands of people show up. Start talking. And then, yeah, and then after I realized after that, like, oh, uh, stories about stories that aren't about Jack Easterby getting fired uh, aren't <laughs> nearly 12 as – Twelve clicks. Yeah. you got to kind of work at this, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I would say, yeah, based on my own very personal experience, that was a big story. Right, right, right. And, and you know, and if we need to conjure up any vitriol for you and your cars about Jack Easterby, here was Jack Easterby being asked on a podcast, a Thomas Dimitrov podcast, about being fired in season. Yeah, I think that one of the coolest things about uh, these companies, right, these businesses now in football is the, the massive amount of resources that have been uh, deployed to try to get this right at each institution, both in uh, American sports and in world sports. I think you're seeing that they're 12 month evaluations now, right? They're 12 month evaluations that everyone is making. That's how corporate America works. That's how all of uh, really corporate sports work is 12 month. Okay. Okay. I'm good. I'm good. Wow. Why did I do do that to myself? He's doing that thing. Boy, it is such a nice cottage industry. Like Malcolm Gladwell is really good at doing this. What I'm about to explain. I actually like Malcolm Gladwell's books, um, but it's because he's a really good storyteller. There's this niche of people explaining things you already know, which is, but but you know framing it differently. Jack Easterby there is explaining that businesses like to continually check their results, and and sports teams should do it as well. Oh like, my oh, god! Boy, what a revolutionary approach! Exhausting. I, I never thought about actually. You mean football teams just don't wait until January to decide how things went? Oh wow. Wow! Yeah. No wonder, no wonder they paid you three and a half million dollars. Oh a year. God! All right, let's get, let's move on. Let's move. <laughs> At least on. tell a story like right. Malcolm Gladwell. Number two, they won their first World Series in their 56th year in 2017. They got back in 2019. They won 107 games that year. They led the World Series three to two and then fell short. Last year they got there again. They were favored again and fell to the Braves. Another shot. And an out away. Fly ball down the right field line. Tucker comes on. Kyle Tucker. This time they finish the job. The Houston Astros world champions. Number two, the Astros win the 2022 World Series of Redemption. Mm. The being better than everybody else scandal. 
That was um, number two. That was a sweet. You know, if there's one thing that I appreciate about the being better than everybody else scandal, it allowed us to really savor the second championship just as much, if not more, than the first championship. No doubt. No doubt. And, there, and there's one thing. I said this on the Locked On Astros podcast the other night. They, those guys had me on. It's a very good – it's an Odyssey podcast. It is. Because we own every podcast in America now, we by do. the way, apparently. Yeah. Anybody out there who's thinking about starting a podcast, check to be sure first that Odyssey yeah. doesn't already own your if podcast. If there aren't some thugs and goons waiting outside yes. your door to steal your <laughs> podcast, yeah. But there was one thing I learned – two things I learned from that, from that Locked On Astros podcast. Um, we were talking about just how – as you look at Mets fans right now so confident in winning the World Series, you want to tell them, listen, after watching my team go to four World Series in the course of six years and winning two of them, I have never appreciated as much as I do now how hard it is to win a World Series. Yep. I'm saying that as somebody that's watched my team win two World Series, absolutely, it is really, really hard. Um, the other is that I'm honestly uh, – I'm kind of like Laramie Tunsil. I've gotten inf- I've gotten offended at people insulting me. I went on Locked On Astros, and you know a lot of people that don't don't uh, don't listen to our radio show or whatever have reached out and complimented me uh, I, on, on me being able to talk baseball, almost as if they'd seen a monkey ride a bicycle. They were like, "Oh my gosh, look at you! You didn't you didn't fall over, or poop your diapers, or anything. You're sitting there talking about." Talking about baseball. Good for you, big fella. Thanks a lot. That's how you heard it. I'm sure they were much more courteous. <laughs> I tell people all the time because people – I say you and Ted both. You know, you guys You guys are both – I don't say it out of shock or surprise. People ask me like about doing shows with former football players. and you guys talk everything on your show? Say, yeah, of course. Seth, and I said the same thing about Ted. You guys watch everything and you're really good at, at, at breaking it all down. Let's – Let's I'd rather turn the insult towards myself and outward, which is to say, like, so somebody saying that, like, look, look, buddy, this is not uh, neuroscience that we're right. talking. Right, about. that's this true too. Like, I mean, let's uh, let's dial it back a little bit on expectations. That's true too. All right, and number one. I mean, I don't, I don't have any regrets. Um, like, like I said before, the things that that are off the field right now that came up. You know, caught me by surprise because I never did anything that these people are are a legend. And I know a lot of people say that I took the year off, um, and I used that to be able to clear my name, um, like the previous uh, two weeks, and and just to continue to fight that. And I just continue to work and become a better person, a better player, and just a better son. Um, you know, like my mom has always taught me. That was Deshaun Watson at his introductory press conference with the Cleveland Browns. The number one story, Seth, the finality of the Deshaun Watson saga in 2022. Deshaun That's a, traded yeah. to the Cleveland Browns. I probably would swap one and two with you. Just I, if we're talking about biggest stories, I think it's, it's a tough one. Again, if we base that on clicks nationwide, obviously the Deshaun Watson story was much, much bigger. Locally, I wonder. Um because they're both huge, huge stories just for obviously different reasons. Yeah. The one thing that I never caught in that before, Sean, maybe you pointed this out once and I didn't realize it. He is so – he he has the word legend so ingrained uh, in his ethos. That even <laughs> I hadn't says pointed al- that out, but you're even right. Even when he says alleged <laughs> yeah. or alleging what people were alleging, he says alleged. It sounded like – it sounded a lot more like 
legend it's than the, in, a legend. Involuntary way the muscles in his face construct yeah, the word. Yeah, yeah, I think it was something he's like in his mind he heard that ledge, ledge and he's yeah. like, Yeah, legend, that's yeah. me. I can't a control it. All, it's just what comes for, out of my mouth. Yeah. A legend for various reasons, some yeah. of them unanticipated. Yes. So, so th- those are my five. I'm sure the text page will all text in and say, Sean, you nailed it. I totally agree with all five of your top five Houston sports stories in, in 2022. Did you put that in the Houston Press, did you say? It's dropping today, yes. Today in the Houston Press. So I've got some... Fine. In- I've, Odyssey will own them soon, too. <laughs> Probably. All right. Um, we mentioned J.J. Watt's retirement. I have a prediction. I feel good about this. I, this is a lock-it-in prediction that has to do with J.J. Watt and the Ring of Honor. That is next. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. I still remember playing him in 2014 or playing the Houston Texans. Lane Johnson, look at him at one point. He looks like he's like seen a ghost. And I'm like, hey, Lane, you, you all right? And he's like, man, it feels like I'm just in the middle of the ocean. And there's a big, great white circling me. With a big 99 jersey on. <laughs> that was Jason Kelsey, center for the Philadelphia Eagles, um, describing, well, giving Lane Johnson's description of what it was like to go against J.J. Watt in 2014 when the Eagles played the Texans. That was the uh, New Heights podcast with the Kelsey brothers. He was describing it for his brother, Travis Kelsey, in that clip. And I think it says a lot. Lane Johnson, one of the best tackles in football. Granted, Lane Johnson was in year two of his career at that point, and he's become a, a, an all-pro level tackle. But that's a pretty accurate description, I would say, Seth, back in 2014 when J.J. Watt was at the peak of his powers. A great yeah, white. And, uh, yeah, and uh, Philadelphia won that game. J.J. had one and a half sacks and seven combined tackles, okay. including a tackle for a loss in that game. That was so, like an average uh, game for him that year. <laughs> Presumably, yeah, he ended up with 20. That was one of his 20-and-a-half sack seasons. Yep. Uh, he, uh, yeah, so presumably a few of those came against Lane Johnson. So yep. uh, that was because that was when, well, J.J. always played on the left side more than the right. Yeah, yeah. yeah so that, 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 was a, that was a funny clip. It's a good podcast, the Kelsey brothers there. 
Um, I don't know. You know what? I've never actually listened to an entire one, but they have good clips. Uh, their Instagram and YouTube shorts are very good, uh, so they, they pop up on my screen all the time. They might stink for 99% of the time, but the 1% that show up in the clips are good. I, I'm guessing it's a pretty good podcast. I can't believe they're brothers. Like they, <laughs> like Travis Kelsey is this slender kind of hipster dude, and Jason Kelsey looks like you would not just go want to drink a beer with him, but many, many beers with him. Many beers, yeah. I guess they, they both have pretty good per- – like. Entertaining personality, no doubt. You know, no doubt. Kelsey just, I said Kelsey. I was thinking of Jason Kelsey. Jason Kelsey just, yeah, he seems a little bit more. I don't want to say genuine, uh, but maybe less concerned with the superficial than Travis. No doubt. <laughs> Travis, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't, that, that's absolutely. I, I would say that. Um, okay, prediction. This came from yesterday's Utopia Football Podcast. McLean and I are talking about, we talked a lot about J.J. Watt. That episode, if it hasn't dropped already, it drops shortly. Go download it, listen to it later. Um, but And it's Utopia, H-O-Utopia. But we were talking about J.J. Watt in the Ring of Honor and when the Texans might do that. I, you know, J.J. is an obvious, obvious future inductee into the Texans' Ring of Honor. And my guess is they want to do it sooner rather than later. If indeed this retirement takes... And he's not, uh, you know, one of these guys coming out of retirement 10 games into the season like you asked McLean about yesterday, Seth. My prediction on this, as McLean was talking about it on the podcast, I was going through in my head, okay, who do the Texans play at home next year? Because the way the schedule works, you know what 90% of the opponents are going to be and where the game is going to be played. You just don't find out when until May. But the schedule's done very formulaically, and next year they cross over with the AFC North. And next year... They cross over with the AFC North, and Pittsburgh is going to play the Texans at NRG Stadium. We just don't know when. Yeah. That'll be the game. That's my prediction. That'll... I have no inside information. I have no intel. That'll be the game that he gets inducted into the Ring of Honor so you can have the whole family here to watch mm. J.J. go in and watch T.J. and Derek play against the Texans. That is my but, prediction. Would you rather have a stadium with J.J.'s family and 80% Steelers fans at your game? Or would you rather have a game with J.J.'s family, except for his brothers, uh, and however many Texans fans are there, at least they're mostly Texans fans. Yeah, that's fans. the slippery slope, is that there hasn't yeah. been a game this year where I said, well, this is the one they all showed up for, you know? I, you know what, Sean? I feel like it should be a Jaguars game because the Jaguars were the team on which uh, JJ feasted I think most often and most voraciously there were uh, there were just there were a couple Jaguars games that were just I mean they were clinics I went through last night and I was wild with there was a there's a video out there of the JJ Watts first 100 sacks mm-hmm. it takes about 15 minutes and it's um it's it's interesting to watch but one of the themes that really pops up uh, aside from, you know, J.J. and how he moves through, is that the Jaguars at various times decided to block J.J. Watt by just letting not just tackles but tight ends and running backs go one-on-one with him. It was a really, it was a really, really strange strategy. Their strategy was, do you remember the one game? It was, we'll roll Blake Bortle away from J.J. and we'll leave a running back back to slow him down a little bit. As Bortles, you know Bortles, he's going to find an open receiver Jeez. in however much time it takes for oh J.J., who runs over the running back right. like there's nothing there at all and sacks Blake Bortles. It was, uh, it was astoundingly stupid and bad. Oh, dude. 
That sounds like a good way to spend a... How, much, how long did that take to watch 100 J.J. Watt sacks? It's like a 15-minute video. Okay. I was doing some uh, commentary alongside of it, so it took that ended up being like a half hour, and that was, that was too long. It was grueling, Sean. Frankly, uh, frankly, I don't know how J.J. did it. The, the, the 30 minutes that I spent doing it was, about uh, it. <laughs> frankly, more tiring than, uh, than it was worth. Yeah. That's great. I, think um, that was Gus, I want to say that was when Gus Bradley was the coach. That they decided to just, or was that Mike? No, it was, my, it was either Malarkey or Bradley. I remember just this this asinine, this asinine approach of just uh, leaving guys one on one on JJ. It was so stupid. Yeah, not smart, not smart. Um, so that's interesting because I think these are the seven games we know are going to be home games next year. Seven teams we know are going to play at NRG Stadium. The other two games will be hashed out depending on what the standings look like at the end of this season. I think any of the three divisional opponents would be good because he dominated the division. Colts, Titans, Jags, that would be fun to have J.J. going to the Ring of Honor for those games. And I guess just for reference purposes, I, can't, I don't recall what, what game Bob McNair went into the Ring of Honor, but I feel like with a player it's a little more acute on an opponent basis. Andre went in for the Arizona game back in 2017 or whatever it was, so there was no history with the opponent. That was the year of the season was sliding into the toilet because Deshaun got hurt. The other non-division opponents, Pittsburgh, as I mentioned. Hey, how about Cleveland? How about having him go in the Ring of Honor the day that Deshaun Watson comes back for the second time? Oh, God. <laughs> Cleveland comes back again next they do, year? They do. They do. They're on the rotation. They, that's because they play that division next year, the uh, Texans. Yep. yep. That's – all right. I'll allow it. Yeah. Sorry for all the content, Seth. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder – I mean, by that point – Presumably, he'll, uh, Deshaun will be playing better than he is right now. If he's still with the Browns, we'll see. I, that's my favorite part. People think I'm joking when I say 10% that. 10% chance he might ask for a trade. 10%? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's a 50% chance he'll ask for it. Yeah. Does it go public? That's the there's question. a 25% chance that it goes public if he asks for it. Is it, um, is, is it safe to assume if Stefanski gets fired that somewhere in there was a Deshaun Watson trade demand? Or like a threat of a, a threat. trade demand? Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair enough. Yeah. Um, I would say that I don't think Stefanski gets fired unless Deshaun and Mulligetta are, are proponents. Are hatching a, a scheme, a hatching a scheme. Tampa Bay. I think they basically, they have got, they're the, uh, Deshaun Watson is, and, and rightfully and understandably so, just as powerful in Cleveland as LeBron James was uh, when <laughs> he, he was is, the Cavaliers. That's the scary yeah. part. Uh, Tampa Bay and New Orleans are the other two games that we know. I don't know. No ties to Tampa, really. New Orleans, I will say this. New Orleans had a – J.J. had a very entertaining mic'd up against the New Orleans Saints back in 2015, I think it was. Remember? I don't want to hurt Drew like that. I don't want to hurt Drew like that. He was, it was a good mic'd was, up by J.J. Who did he say uh, was smaller than burritos that he's eaten? Was that Ray Rice? Ray Rice, yes. Mm. Yeah, I've eaten burritos bigger than you. Yeah. Eaten? Eaten. Eaten. Okay, eaten. good. I've okay, eaten right, burritos. Yeah. yeah, I've eaten burritos bigger than yeah, you. I think it's what uh, he said. That was uh, that. That was when he first got. That that was like I think that was his first mic'd up. That was when like the the new JJ and you JJ showed up. <laughs> yes. His rookie year, he was kind of just yes. you know Joe Crew cut. Yes, could have been a Marine in a different life. And uh, by the next year, he was uh, he was a little bit more Hollywood. JJ two dot Yes, that's, yeah, what he that's was. right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this: your point about the crowd and doing the Ring of Honor with JJ when there's the potential for a massive influx of opposing fans. I would say that. Putting J.J. in the Ring of Honor might be a chess move to make sure not as many Steeler fans 
get tickets to that game? Like, I, if you were a Texan fan, but you're not inclined to go to a Texan game anymore, or at least until yeah. they're good again, would J.J. Watt going into the Ring of Honor be something that would that would have you, if you're a season ticket holder, not sell your tickets? I, I get, Amy's a season ticket holder. Yeah. She would not sell her tickets for the J.J. Watt Ring of Honor ceremony game. It's going to depend on where they are in the season, Sean. If it's if the Texans are doing well, I think then then yes, that makes a lot of sense. If it's late in the season and the Texans aren't doing well, I think this would be like after D-Day, the Germans saying, you know, maybe if we had put up um, like I don't know a couple speed bumps or something on the beach, I just like I just, uh, I just maybe we could have tried harder. I think that's that's about how effective your little plan would be to keep Steelers fans out of there. Which is why if you're the McNairs or Greg Grissom or whoever, you call in whatever favors you can to put it in like week two. We should have put no trespassing signs on the beach. <laughs> they totally would have adhered to that. That's what. No trespassing. <laughs> Did anybody even think of that? <laughs> we got to think outside the box. Nazis were all methed out at that point. Yep, yep. They didn't have. They couldn't think outside the box the way me and Jack Easterby can. Yeah. No trespassing signs <laughs> at Omaha. Right. That's right. Yeah. There's Seth on the beach telling people about the input and the output and the upkeep and the download, baby. Mm-hmm. Yep. If your output exceeds your input, then your upkeep will be your downfall. Oh yeah, we're totally winning this war. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, um, so I'm getting on the record here. The Pittsburgh game next year, that's my prediction for the uh, for the Ring of Honor for J.J., just to make travel convenient for the Watt family so they can see everything at once. Um, all right, speaking of the Texans and the first overall pick in the draft, how badly, according to the computers, have the Texans damaged their chances at getting the number one overall pick with that win over the Tennessee Titans? We'll do that. We'll do headlines next. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, Payne and Pendergast. We'll get to headlines here in just a second. ESPN.com, their football power index, has calculated the percentages of the Texans picking number one overall and several other teams. Um, the Texans, according to football power index, the percentage chance, which was up around 90, according to these computers a few weeks ago, is down to 54.8% to get the first overall pick. 54.8, Sean. It's a coin flip, basically, Seth, that they're going to wind up getting the pick they need to go get Bryce Young. That's like, isn't that like the split between men and women in the population? Is that 52-48? Is that, you're just as likely to be a female or get the first overall pick. <laughs> right? Exactly. As you are. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> you read my Somehow mind. Somehow I've... 
Somehow I feel like that means the women need to make love to their, their men. Okay, so that, take that <laughs> yes. argument forth into New Year's Go Eve. forth and procreate in the new year. That's our yeah. message here. Yeah. And get Bryce Young. The Texans, not all you women out there. Um, so 54.8%. That is some serious damage to the chances of getting the number one. 54.8%, and that, honestly, based on Jacksonville potentially not coming in really all that plugged in to play this game this weekend, and as you've pointed out earlier this week, the Colts – looking like the worst team in football right now. Oh. It, oh. And the Bears play two games in which they're going to be underdogs. You know, the Lions, I think they're about a five-and-a-half-point underdog this weekend, too, in Detroit. And then they play Minnesota the final week, and some of that will depend. How that game goes will depend on where Minnesota is in the standings, I would guess. You know, do they have anything to play for? They might rest, guys. Who knows? The Bears will be trying in both of those games. That I feel pretty confident in. But 54.8%, Seth, given the way the Texans are playing lately, too. We should give credit where credit's due. The Texans have played better of late. They almost beat the Cowboys. They almost beat the Chiefs. They did beat the Titans. They were clearly the better team in that game. Um, 54.8% feels a little high right now. I hate to say it. Is it Justin Justin Fields got his foot stepped on last week? Oh, great. He's good to go, but his, his foot got stepped on. Okay. That's... That's the 50% of what he has going for him. Uh, his, his, uh, his, his left foot and his right foot are the <laughs> big deals. I thought you meant his running ability. I'm like, no, that's like 100% of what he has yeah, going no, for him. Uh, yeah, so it, it is hard to run without both of the feet. It is but true. Eberflus says that he's going to be fine, okay. but I hope he's not. Um, I hope he can still use his legs. Yeah, we really need, we really need Justin Fields. Look, look, Bears. Chicago Bears fans. I don't know how long your team's been around. What is it, like 15, 20 years maybe? I don't know. But we've suffered here in Houston. And I don't think that it's fair that you, who have no need or desire to get a new quarterback, because Justin Fields is progressing just fine, just fine, uh, why would you selfishly try to obtain that number one overall pick for yourself? There's no need for you to take a quarterback. So just... Just do the right thing and, and win this week versus the Lions. That's right. 54. Yes, the Lions. The Lions this weekend. Yep, it's in Detroit. The Lions this weekend. 54.8% for the Texans to get the number one overall pick. Bears, 35.3%. Hmm. The remaining 10-ish percent is split between the Seahawks and the Cardinals. The Seahawks have a 7.7%. You may say, Seahawks, Sean? They, I thought they were in the playoff hunt this year. Oh, they are. That is to the <laughs> That's the pick that they got in the Russell Wilson trade. Honestly, if the Texans aren't going to get the number one overall pick, I need the Seahawks to get it from the Russell Wilson trade. I need that number one overall pick. I need the Seahawks to draft their next quarterback with the pick they got for Russell Wilson. That would be cruel irony for uh, Camp Wilson. I was thinking about the Broncos the other day when the owner got up and just kind of Said uh, said all the right things about just how disappointing the season has been. He's responsible for it, or they're responsible for it. And I do wonder that these new owners, like the Steve Cohens of the world, or the you know Prokhorov back in the day with the Nets, uh, the ones that come in and wanna like they're all about yeah I'm gonna this is gonna be awesome we're gonna win. They spend a whole lot of money in those first few years. I wonder if he's in that mode. I wonder if they're in that mode in Denver of almost saying like you know what. Okay, great. We, res- we, we have a tank gear, a reset. We take all that dead money from Russell Wilson and just get rid of him and move on. Ooh, that's a lot of dead money, dude. It's a lot of dead money, but now would be the time to do it before you start to look at it as a business. It's kind of like, uh, like, in a lot of ways, 
owning a football team is like a marriage. The yeah, those first couple of years, passion can take you a long way. After a while, it, you realize like, okay, you want to be sure that you know this is a, this is something we have to really you know be mindful of and take care of this marriage. And and in the terms of a football team, maybe throwing hundreds of millions of dollars at problems isn't the way to handle it. Uh, we're going to be a little bit more frugal. But right now, they've got the red hot passion of newlyweds, and uh, maybe they can just go ahead and. and and takes, eat some dead money on Russell Wilson. $107 million if they cut him. Yeah. If they trade him, and the $107 million, I'm guessing, God, I can't believe we're having this conversation. I'm guessing they can spread it out over two years if they designated a June, a June 1st, 1st cut. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So They'd they, rather do it in one fell swoop. Yeah, maybe. Well, I, I don't even know if it's mathematical. Can they field a team and do it in one? $107 million is like half the cap. Yeah, I know. It'd be hard. Yeah. So they're going to roll with him at least for another year. It gets better after that, but oof, my god. You do plus you do have to give look, it's there's a, there's good football in there somewhere. It can't have all just evaporated. Uh, it can't have just disappeared or something. I mean to go from being a guy who might be on the decline to being the worst quarterback in football. The worst. I mean like that's that doesn't seem possible right. without without an injury or something like that. I, I don't know. It's don't wild. Know. It's wild. So so the Texans have a little greater than fifty percent chance to to get the number one overall pick. I'll say this: if they lose to the Jags this weekend and the Bears are able to upset the Lions, it's locked and sealed, and you can root for whatever the hell you want to in Week eighteen. The worst the Texans can pick is fourth overall. Did oh, the math okay. on that? They, the worst they could do is finish in a four twelve and one tie with the Colts, but they've already clinched the tiebreaker, which is whoever has the weaker schedule. Um, would get the higher pick. So the Texans have already clinched that. Their schedule is mathematically sealed that it'll be a weaker schedule record-wise than the Colts. So the worst they can pick is fourth overall. If you're wondering about that Cleveland pick, there is a about a one in three chance that that Cleveland pick lands in the top ten. I feel like there's a better chance than that that it lands in the top ten. They, Cleveland's not played well since Deshaun got there. They've gone two and two. They beat the Texans. We remember what happened in that game. And I forget the oh they beat and they beat the Baltimore Ravens with Tyler Huntley at quarterback, so they've not been impressive at all. They play at Washington, a team that still harbors playoff hopes this weekend, and then they play at Pittsburgh in Week 18. And the Steelers, I know one thing, I, they're not going to make the playoffs, but they're going to try. Like they're going to play hard for Mike Tomlin. So I feel like the Texans have a really good chance of winding up with two top ten picks right now. So let's say let's say that the top four quarterbacks in this draft are all guys that that teams that uh, that need a quarterback are interested in. Okay. We've got teams that would be interested in a quarterback at the top of the draft. Uh, Houston right now. Chicago likely not interested in a quarterback. Right. Seattle. Yes. They're not rolling with Geno Smith. I don't think so. Not well, not, not if they're picking that high. Not long day, yes. But if, um, Arizona. Uh, they're stuck. They're in a Russell Wilson situation with Kyler Murray. And they don't even have an, a GM in the building right now. No. <laughs> Arizona's in a rough spot. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's the poster for you don't have to pay these guys. Dude, like, I wonder if J.J., when he spoke yesterday, J.J. spoke about his impending retirement. And he cited um, a few things, but a couple of the most notable, I think, were the birth of his son and uh, his heart condition that he had midway through the season. He cited that. And kind of as I think as uh, as things that just kind of gave him a different perspective on things. I, I wonder if also in his mind he was thinking, 
And um, I don't know if you've taken a look around here, uh, but I'm not really. If I'm going to come back for one more year, it's not going to be into this cesspool. No, no. Whoa. (laughs) That raises an interesting question, though, Seth. Like, if JJ, you know, if he hadn't had the heart condition and he hadn't had a son, presumably he's still playing football, what would his goal have been in free agency this time around? You know, how much would money have mattered? How much would coaching have mattered? All those things. I would have told him. And actually have that uh, these written down in some bullet points that I had that I was going to give him after the season. Um, honestly, if I were a guy like JJ, I would depending on how important it is to you, and like unless you know if you were to if you were to make a return to Houston or something, that would be awesome. Um, but a playoff team in a huge media market is depending on what you want to do after football. It just makes a big difference. Um, if you go or or the Packers, like the Packers or the Raiders, the Raiders, I shouldn't even say a big media market. One of those gigantic franchises. Yeah. Because the fact of the matter is, the any team in the NFC East, the Packers, the Raiders, and um, that's that's probably it. Like those are the teams that are just their their fan bases are worldwide. Um, and for like a guy like JJ, I think that's a. a adequate consideration it actually adds to your q rating afterwards if you play for one of those teams and and do well in the playoffs or play in the super bowl it um it goes a long way with your media career i agree with you i would add one and you can yeah. go play with your brothers pittsburgh yeah you know that that's got the and, and green bay and oh, pittsburgh yeah, Steelers, have, yeah, have yeah. added significance pittsburgh because his brothers play there in their blue blood organization and packers same thing blue blood and geographically you'd get to go play for the team that you grew up rooting for Let, just i want to I want to finish this exercise real quick before we get to – we're getting into headlines late, but who cares. Um, continuing, Arizona 4, I say no for a quarterback. Indy at 5, I say yes for a quarterback probably. To, to your you know your question was which oh, yeah, of these teams yeah. are in for quarterbacks. I would say Atlanta at 6 probably. Yeah. yeah. All of these teams that have benched their quarterbacks yeah. seem to be a good candidate for uh, for a quarterback. Yes, yes. Where are the Raiders? The Raiders are currently they're at ninth. ninth. Yeah, so they're going to have a two game go around. If you missed the news yesterday, Derek Carr benched. Derek Carr, who I mean, I like, might end up being the starting quarterback for the Jets next year. There's going to be a whole lot of shuffling of of not highly desired nor sought after quarterbacks and yet guys that are viable NFL quarterbacks in this offseason. Yep. Um so I don't know that that's one thing that I wonder I wonder how much that makes that no like if um if Chicago would have the number 1 overall pick, a lot of times it's it's hard to trade out of that number 1 overall not pick unless there's, unless there's a really really good quarterback out there. I don't know if teams even need to really be in love with any of the quarterbacks. They might just say like there's there's no other options anywhere. Yeah. We got all these guys that are going to be depressing free agency or trade choices. I think six of the top nine teams in the draft right now are in the quarterback market. The four we named, Houston, Seattle, Indy, Atlanta. I'll add Carolina. I'll add Las Vegas. That's six in the top nine. And oh, by the way, Seth, two of those teams have a second pick in the first round. The Texans have the 11th pick right now, and Seattle has the 12th pick. So they've got the capital to maneuver around in the top 10. Well, plus, and you didn't. You what did you say about Detroit? I don't think Detroit is. I think Detroit might roll with Jared Goff now. They're going to stick with him. I think so. I think I know that. I know those are the rumors, and I know like GMs and coaches are going to say the right things. Right? Totally. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, No, Detroit and Detroit again. Again, Detroit's one of those teams. That pick is the Rams' pick. They have their own pick, which would be 18th right now. So this is, dude. 
this top 10 is going to be crazy. And by the way, if the Texans get the number one pick, what that says to me is that Casario, especially because you got the 11th pick also, if you feel like it's not Bryce Young or, or C.J. Stroud, but it's Will Levis and take him at 11, that's on the board. It's, it's wild. It's going to be crazy. And the Texans cap on Twitter last night made a good point. And I think he was in his – does he do a spaces with Landry? He does. Or they, yep. I thought they got rid of spaces on Twitter. I have no was that idea. Only like a 24-hour – that was one of those 24-hour things. I don't know. Maybe they fired the guy who was in charge of spaces. Oh, like, hey, one of these things that we're doing to try it and drought. We're, we're done with it. Yeah. We're done with spaces. The thing that people really like, we're going to get rid of it. It was back. <laughs> have you noticed – okay, first, the thing that Texans cap mentioned – um, kind of like the demise of the middle-class quarterback. They seem to be just be like, where are all the guys that you can win with, but they're not necessarily awesome? And Texans Cat made the point that the problem was that all these average quarterbacks were getting top dollar. Right. Like, like the, the spending got to the point where it was just so ridiculous that, yeah, you're really screwed if you're paying Derek Carr or any of these other guys, like top quarterbacks, and yet, you have to fill out a roster around them. If you're paying Pat Mahomes, then fine. You're paying Pat Mahomes. He can make Juju Smith-Schuster replace Tyreek Hill. Um, Derek Carr cannot. Derek Carr can't replace Devontae Adams with Devontae Adams. It's uh, it's absurd. So, uh, Devontae Adams, another big regret, I would guess, in the offseason. Oh, yeah, yeah. The reason you, he went to the... You're saying Devontae regrets pushing yeah. for the deal to the Raiders? Absolutely. He went there to play with Derek Carr. Derek Carr's going to be gone. Two reasons he went there. To play with his, his best bud yep. from college and to play for his favorite boyhood team, the Las Vegas Raiders? Boyhood right, team, okay, Seth. Yeah. What's your problem? That's I his guess. favorite boyhood so Vegas yeah. Raiders, baby. He went for a, a logo and camaraderie. Yep. Those were his reasons. Yep. And $30 million a year. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 